0: Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail, and when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. But he replied, Lord, I am ready to go with you to prison and to death. Jesus answered, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will deny three times that you know me. In Luke chapter 22, verse 31 through 34, which we just read, we have the situation where Peter, who was an apostle of Jesus Christ, who had been warned earlier about what was going to happen when Jesus was betrayed and taken into custody, he was told, and this actually he was told uh, at least three times, that uh, he would deny that uh, Jesus was the Christ that he would he would uh, he wouldn't necessarily betray him he would just deny him and so he was told mark says that uh, he was told that before the rooster crowed twice peter would deny him thrice three times and peter said no that's not going to happen but it did happen three times three different maidens came and, and confronted Peter and asked him and said we know you're one of them you' you're with Jesus and he said no I'm not second time he, he repeated it third time third time he said he cursed and vehemently denied that he was with Jesus and then of course he heard the rooster crow and and he left the area where, where Jesus was being investigated and interrogated. Peter left and wept bitterly. What we we saw was uh, not necessarily Peter falling into what we would call a sin, but Peter basically, his faith crumpled. He just gave out under the pressure of the situation. And his faith in Jesus failed him. Now, he could see Jesus. He knew that Jesus existed. And he knew that Jesus had done many wonderful works. But under, under duress and, and, and during, the, during this time, he, he looked at Jesus and all of a sudden he just lost all confidence in Him completely. We know sometimes that, that when there are very challenging moments, especially in the lives of these men, there were some challenging moments, that they had a hard time having confidence in Jesus. Matthew chapter 8 talks about a boat trip that they took across the Sea of Galilee. And during that time, uh, Jesus was asleep in the hold and and the waves were going to overcome, the storm was overcoming the boat. And they woke Jesus up and said, don't you care that we're perishing? And Jesus said, oh, you have little faith. You know what happened during that time? Their faith failed them. They just all of a sudden lost confidence in Jesus, lost faith in Him, lost trust in Him. Now, the reason that's so important that, that we're talking about faith is, faith is the common bond that we have with God. That's the only bond we have with God, faith. So when our faith fails, the bond is broken. We have formed a connection through our faith with God. That's the way we connect to Him. When the faith fails, the connection is severed. We're linked together. As you might say, we're partners, if you want to call it that, with God. Because we trust Him. Because we have confidence in Him. He doesn't have to have confidence in us. And there's a reason why he wouldn't have to have confidence in us because we're not trustworthy sometimes. But he is. You know, you'd think that Peter would have been. Peter was was just a rock of a guy. He was, he was a guy that always stood up during the, during the time that Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane and the, and the soldiers came and the, and the crowd came with, led by Judas Iscariot to come and get Jesus with swords and staves and so forth. Peter stood up pulled his sword out and said, I'll, I'll defend you. But you know this wasn't what Jesus wanted and because it was not Peter's idea of how it ought to go, his faith crumpled under that, that problem. Now, faith is, is a key issue in our relationship with God. It is the key issue in our relationship with God. And as we read back through the Bible, we, we read of stories of heroes and heroines of faith. Hebrews chapter 11 is a a book, is a chapter basically, that has a litany of all the different individuals who had enough faith to get them to rise above the problems of their day and conquer them. For instance, the very first one talks about Cain and Abel and says uh, Abel's sacrifice was more acceptable to God than that of Cain's because Abel offered his sacrifice by faith. He had confidence when God told him what he wanted, Abel had enough confidence in God that he did what God said. The same thing was true of Noah. God said he's going to destroy the earth with a flood with a tremendous torrentious rain. And Noah was moved by fear. He built an ark. He did it by faith. So he had confidence in God. He had trust in God. Now these men weren't superstitious people. They were not uh, people who were prone to to listen to fairy tales and to to rumors. They, They actually had faith in God. And Abraham is one that's mentioned as well. And he's the first one mentioned in the Bible who had faith enough in God that it was counted unto him or considered to be righteousness. Genesis 15 verse 6 tells us that. His faith was counted for righteousness. And in addition to that, now that's, that's, very, that's, very, that's very interesting. That, that he said, the Bible says that Abraham, his faith, God said, helped him in terms of being righteous. Right. He was right. We all want to be right. When you're wrong, we're in trouble. But when we're right, We're on good solid ground, and so he was said that his faith was counted for righteousness. And later on, we read, for instance, in the book of James, chapter two, at verse twenty-three, that Abraham was called the friend of God. Now that's significant, isn't it? Because what he's done, what Abraham did, was he forged a friendship with God through faith faith developed a friendship between God and Abraham and it does the same thing for anyone else who has faith in God through Jesus Christ it works the same way in Romans chapter 4 verse 16 it says therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace remember the word grace simply means i like you i accept you i i will I, you're my friend you're you're my favorite that's what the word grace means, basically. So, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Why? God favored him because he liked him. Because, why? Because Noah had faith. Okay. Now, it says, "...it might be by grace to the end the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all." So, faith puts us into this situation of grace. Now, in order to make sure that humanity had access to this concept of faith, that God could connect with us, the God of heaven, the God who is the creator of heavens and the earth, the God who is the most powerful individual anywhere, connects with you through your faith. That's the connection. You come in contact with Him through that connection. Now, in order to make sure that that connection is solid and good and accessible, God sent His Son to this earth. And we're told in Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 that He is the author and the finisher of our faith. So that Jesus is the one who provides faith for us. And while Jesus was here, He was basically looking for those who had faith. And He was critical of those who had lost their faith, who had no faith. For instance, the people that Jesus healed, He healed them in relationship to faith. Now it may have been in relationship to the faith that people had in bringing their sick folks to Jesus, or it could have been in relationship to the fact that the Person who came to Jesus for healing had faith, but Jesus healed them on that basis. For instance, in Luke chapter eight at verse forty-eight, there was a woman who had a uh, bloody flux—I guess it could be called—an issue of blood. She was bleeding for twelve years, could not stop the, the flow of blood. I don't—we don't really know what it was except for that. And as Jesus was passing through the crowd, all she wanted to do was to touch the hem of His garment because she said within herself, if I could just touch Him. What does that tell you? That tells you that she had absolute confidence in Jesus. When we talk about faith, we're not talking about the fact that we just think something exists. For instance, when Peter was in the the, uh, Presidio with Jesus and his accusers, and they were contesting with him. Peter Peter wasn't wasn't in any doubt that Jesus lived. He was there. He knew he was there. And he also knew that Jesus had been performing miracles. What happened to Peter was that he personally lost confidence. He lost confidence in Jesus. That's what happened to him. Lost confidence. He lost his trust. That's what happened when they were on the boat. And they're crossing the water. They lost their confidence in Jesus. They they quit trusting Him. So here was a woman who completely trusted Jesus. Not that she just knew He was there. And a a lot of people will talk this way. You say, do you believe in God? And they'll say, yeah, I believe He exists. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about do you have confidence in God? Do you believe in God? Do you trust God? Would you let Him take care of you and direct your life? That's what we're talking about when we talk about faith in God and faith in Jesus Christ. You know what Jesus said to this woman? She was healed when she touched His garment. And He found out who it was. He turned to her and He said, Your faith has made you whole. That's nice, isn't it? Jesus at one time was confronted with Ten lepers. Luke 17. And He healed them. Healed them of their leprosy. Verse 29 tells us that only one fellow came back and he was a Samaritan. One man came back to give Jesus honor and glory. And you know what Jesus told him? He said, go your way. Your faith has made you whole. To the woman that washed his feet with tears in Luke chapter 7, verse 50 you remember she came in and they were having a a, a meal in the house of one simon and uh, they were they were all gathered together and the woman came in and she instead of being taken to a high place and jesus wasn't in a, a place of uh, a, a place of honor he was must have been sitting in a low place because they, they he said you haven't even washed my feet you haven't given him any oil you haven't given any oil for my Head and so forth, you've neglected me. This woman came in, washed my feet with their tears, wiped them with the hairs of her head, and anointed them with ointment, precious ointment. And when she finished, and Jesus looked at her, he said, Your faith has saved you. Not just made you whole, he said, Your faith has saved you. And to the blind beggar at Jericho, he, as Jesus was passing by, He was shouting out, Save me, save me, Lord. And He said in Luke chapter 18, verse 42, He said, Receive your sight. Your faith has saved you. Jesus was impressed on this earth when He was here. He was impressed by individuals who had faith in God. He was impressed. There was a... Uh, fellow that was a centurion. And he had a servant that was sick. In Mark chapter 7, one of the accounts is found there. This centurion had a servant that was sick. And he was a man of great authority. And he said, I have enough authority. I tell one fellow to go and he has to go. And I tell another fellow to come and he has to come. He said, you don't even have to come to my house, Lord. Just say the word and he'll be healed. And what Jesus said to this man was, He said, I have not found this much faith in Israel. I haven't found so great a faith in Israel. He was looking for faith, and He found it in a man who wasn't even part of the house of Israel. In Luke chapter 24, after Jesus rose from the dead, and He encountered some of His disciples, on the road to Emmaus, they hadn't seen him to this point. He had encountered them. They were walking along, talking together. And they, they said, well, we thought this was... They, they were sad. And he said, what's wrong with them? And they said, we thought this was, this, was, this was Jesus. He was going to be the one who would save us. Who would bring restore the kingdom to Israel. You know what Jesus said later on? He said, you foolish ones. You did not have any faith. No faith. They were foolish Because they had no faith. Luke chapter 24, verse 26. Now, the New Testament abounds with statements about faith. And it abounds with statements that tell us that we need faith in God through Jesus. We have to have faith. We should have faith. It's a necessity in order to establish any kind of relationship with God. Any connection that we have with God Has to come through this avenue. Can't come any other way. We have to have faith. In Romans chapter 5, verse 1 and 2, the text says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So, what that's telling me is that I have established a relationship with God. We have peace with God through faith. Now, he said, uh, Which he went ahead and said, uh, By whom also we have, by, have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Another text tells us, Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, We walk by faith and not by sight. So that tells us then that in our daily activities, it is an activity, If it's a walk by faith. And Paul said in Galatians 2 at verse 20, he said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He said, I'm alive, but I'm alive because of my faith in God. Galatians 3.11 says, But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident the just shall live by faith. How important is faith in our relationship with God? How important is life? Well, the text tells us, the Bible tells us, we believe the Bible, the Bible tells us that we live by faith. Ephesians 2 at verse 8 says, For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Now, God gave us a gift. He said, I'll tell you what. If you want to know me, if you want to be with me, if you want to be my friend, if you want an avenue open between us, if you want access to me, if you want to live, you're going to have to believe. You're going to have to have faith. Trust me. You have to trust me. You're going to have to have confidence in me. That's what he's saying. And in Hebrews 10.38 it says, If any draw, any man draw back, my soul will have no pleasure in him. Sometimes we get the idea that sin is the issue before us and that if we can just take care of the sin somehow, just take care of that, that all will be right between us and God. Well, that's a problem. Of course, sin is a problem. But we sin, right now we need to understand, we sin because we do not have faith in God. That's why we sin. You say, okay, I'll just keep the law. I'll make sure I do everything the law says. You can't do everything the law says unless you have faith. Faith comes first, then the law. The law does not build faith. Faith helps you keep the law. That's what Jesus was saying when He came here. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, it says, It's impossible to please God without faith. He that comes to God must believe that He is, that He is a rewarder of them that, dil- that diligently seek Him. We further recognize the avenue that faith follows to reach our hearts through Jesus Christ has to come about through the hearing of the Word of God. You just can't have faith without knowing about God. You can say, well, I believe there is a God. That doesn't get it. That's not going to get it. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. So, when, when someone says, do you believe in God? What your answer has to be, that yes, I believe in God because I believe in Jesus Christ. And I believe in Jesus Christ because I believe I've heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. I've heard the word of God. Faith comes by hearing. John 6.44 tells us that no man can come to me, Jesus said, except the Father which has sent me draw him, I'll raise him up at the last day. You can't believe in God and you can't come to God and you can't establish that relationship with God aside from Jesus Christ. In John chapter 14, and verse 11, Jesus said, Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. So it comes down to whether or not we believe that Jesus is the Christ. And further than that, of course, we have to believe that Jesus rose from the dead. We have to believe who He is, and I know about Him only through one vehicle, one agency, and that is through the Word of God, the living Word of God, the living oracles of God. That's how I can believe in Jesus Christ. As long as our faith in God through Jesus Christ remains intact, we have direct contact with God. Direct contact. So as long as you believe that Jesus is the Christ, and you believe in Jesus Christ, and you've heard through the Word... As long as you keep that solid, you have a contact with God. A conduit is open. You're friends, really. You're friends, just like Abraham was a friend of God. Some would would, uh, advance the proposition that once you believe in God through Jesus Christ, you can never lose that. Once saved, you're always saved. So you can never lose your faith. Now, I'm talking to a lot of people, I think, that understand exactly the fact that it is possible to lose your faith. It is possible to stumble. It is possible to doubt. It is possible to lose confidence in God. And that's what we're talking about this morning. Peter, although he... You know, the name Peter means rock. Although Peter was a rock, he lost confidence in Jesus. And what happened to him? What happened to him? He lost his connection with God. He lost his connection with his Savior. When you lose your faith in God, when you doubt God, when you doubt Jesus, when you don't have any trust in him, that he's going to take care of you and do what he said he's going to do, you're in trouble. You're in desperate trouble. Hebrews chapter 3 at verse 12 says, and then ver- reading through verse 13, 14, Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. He said, be careful, lest you fall into unbelief. In departing from the living God. Now God is not going to leave us. That, now, that, I think that's where people get the idea that, that uh, their, their salvation is secure. Because God won't abandon them. No, God won't abandon us. And Romans chapter eight talks about it. whoso separates us from the love of God. Then he goes through an all long list of things that cannot take you away from God. But this text says, "Watch out! Watch out! Don't depart from God." So God's not going to leave us. He He's going to stay stable and He's going to stay permanent. He is steadfast, he will not depart from us, he will always stand with us, but we can leave him. He said, But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. While it is said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the day of provocation. And Paul further said in 1 Corinthians chapter ten, at verse twelve, he said, "Wherefore let him that thinks he stands take heed lest he falls. Here's what happens when your faith fails you: you reach the conclusion, for whatever reason, that you don't trust him anymore, that uh, you want to break it off with him. You've come to be, you've come to a parting. You've come to the fork in the road and you're not going to go any further with Him. And when you do that, your connection with God is broken. When you reach the point in your life that you doubt God, the connection's broken. You're not with Him anymore. Matter of fact, you're not friends. Because friendship depends on you, not on Him. God so loved the world, He sent His only begotten Son in this world. Whosoever believes on Him shall not perish, but shall have everlasting life. He that believes not is going to be condemned. Paul, Jesus said in Mark 16 and verse 18. So the point is that there there can be a door shut and locked. Matter of fact, there are a couple of parables that talk about that. One talks about the the, uh, the parable where he said, not everyone that says unto me, Lord, me, Lord shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. And Luke says, he'll get up and shut the door. The master will shut the door. The only time the master shuts the door is when you lose your faith. When you say, I don't trust you anymore. I don't have confidence in you. We lose our faith in God when we feel like he has disappointed us. Now, look at Peter again. He was he was he was there with Jesus, and he went, followed him into the temple. He was there all along, and he figured, and it's easy to assume this, easy to to conjecture this, and come to this conclusion, because Peter followed him expecting something that did not happen. That's what he expected. And when it did not happen, because of what Peter had in mind, he lost his faith in God. So sometimes in our lives, we reach a point where we're looking and they're thinking, God, here's what I think ought to happen. This is, what, this is how I think it ought to go. And it doesn't go that way. So what do we do? We can either say, Lord, your will be done, not mine. Or we can say, why didn't you do it this way? Why, didn't you, why, didn't you let it, why are you letting this happen this way? We're losing confidence that God has control of everything and that He knows what He's doing. We're losing our confidence. Because we have been disappointed Maybe someone died that we love. God, why did you let that happen? And we forget the fact that we're living down here on a fallen earth. This is where we live. We're not in heaven. God didn't promise uh, heaven on earth. He promised us a heaven in heaven. So now we're saying, Lord, why did you let this happen? Well, that's not my business, really. That's God's business. What I have to think of is this. God knows what's going on. I don't. And in Isaiah chapter 55, verse 8 and 9, Isaiah a long time ago understood this point. When, he said, uh, when God said, My thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways than your ways, and my thoughts and your thoughts. So I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Why doesn't God feed everybody? Why does God allow? And people ask that question. If there's, if there's a wonderful God, why does He let this happen? Because this is where we live. It happens here. We're not in heaven yet. He's not going to let it happen where He's going to take us. But this is our planet. This is where we live. We don't live in a bubble. He's not going to come and make sure that all of diseases is eradicated. This COVID-19 that we're suffering right now may or may not go away. We think it's going to go away. We think it's going to be controlled and taken care of. We think the vaccines are going to do it. But even if it didn't, we live on a fallen planet, a planet that's dying. And we're all dying. It's appointed unto man wants to die. After that, the judgment. God has promised us a world and a place where death won't reign where, where there'll be no sickness, no sorrow, no crying, no tears, but it's not here. It's not here. So when I stand up and say, oh Lord, uh, I, I'm disappointed that you didn't do it this way. then what I'm saying is I think I know a better way to do it than you do. I, I think if you put me in charge, I'll do it. You know what that is? You've lost your faith. lost your faith. I'm disappointed. Sometimes we get disappointed in our fellow human beings. We say, well, I've been been disappointed. People in the church, they didn't behave like I thought they should. Someone did this to me and someone said that to me and so forth. And so because I'm disappointed in somebody around me, I lose my faith in, you know, go ahead and lose your faith in humanity. That's not going to bother you. But don't lose your faith in God. That's going to bother you. That's the issue. I can lose my faith in my neighbor because he can betray me. Judas betrayed Jesus. Betrayal happens. Your spouse may leave you. Your spouse may run off with somebody else. Your children may, may turn from you. Your best friend may turn their back and be, on you and betray you. All of these things can happen. One thing is sure. God is not going to turn His back on you And to blame him for what somebody else does is a lack of faith. That's where we break off our trust in God. I've asked for things that I want, and I believe these are reasonable, but God didn't give them to me that way. And that, you know, that's the history of humanity. We believe we know best, and so we ask God to perform the way we want Him to perform, and when He doesn't do that, Then what do we do? We lose our faith. Why did you allow this, Lord? Why did you do it this way, Lord? Why, why, why? And yet what we're saying is we don't we don't have any confidence in your judgment and the way you're handling things. We don't have any confidence. If if you handled it my way, I would believe you. That's not faith. That's not faith. What happens when we lose our faith? Paul said, I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. When I lose faith in God, it's like breaking up a marriage. That's what the Bible says. The church and Jesus are married. It's like breaking up a marriage. When I lose my faith in God, I lose that connection it's like offending a friend and the friend won't be reconciled. When I lose my faith in God is where I deny that I know Him. The connection between us and God, me and God, is broken when my faith is broken. I'm no longer on familiar terms with Him. When my faith fails and I question God and I lose confidence in Him and I don't trust Him anymore, then it's like a dead telephone link. Have you ever called someone on the telephone and the connection's broken? Hello, 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 and you hear the echo back. Nobody there. When we lose our faith, the connection with God is dead. It's dead. You'll feel it. There's no sound. There's an old relay. We'll hear our own voice echoing back. God isn't listening, and neither are we. It's not there. The electricity is turned off. When my faith fails, the energy stops. You know, there's one thing that man cannot explain in this universe, and usually, then generally, they need to need to explain it when they begin to talk about there being no God. There's one issue that man cannot explain. And that is energy. Even the most brilliant scientist in the world cannot tell you what it is or why it is. Just can't. I can tell you. It's God. God put everything in motion. He keeps everything in motion. He established it, and I don't have to understand it. I can use it. I can see it. And that energy stops between me and God The moment I lose my faith in Him, and the bridge between me and God's world crumbles when my faith crumbles. Now He doesn't. He 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 built the bridge through Jesus. That's that's no problem because Jesus said, "If you believe in me, believe in my Father." So we can we can reach God through Jesus in our faith in Him. But when we lose that faith. That bridge crumbles. I can't get to the other side. You know what happens when a bridge goes down. We're left groping for any way to get across. We just can't get across. And that's a desperate feeling. When I lose my faith in God and through Jesus Christ, when I lose my faith in Him, the lights go out. Darkness descends. He's the power in my life. And when I lose faith in Jesus Christ, I lose faith in God, the lights are shut out. So what do I do? I want to keep the lights on. I want to keep the the communication open. I want to be able to cross that bridge. I want God in my life, and I want to be in His life. And I want that through Jesus Christ. So what do I do? I protect my faith. I protect my faith. I build my faith. How do I build my faith? Well, I get into the Word for one thing, the main thing. I open the book. And I'm, I'm around people who talk about Jesus and who refer me back to Him and show me about Jesus. I, I, that's my avenue open to God. And I don't doubt Him. Whatever happens in my life, I'm going to tough it out. You should too. Whatever's going on, you know, some, today a lot of people are so excited about politics. What's going on in politics? It doesn't make any difference, my friends. This world is not here to last forever. And whatever happens, you say, well, why doesn't God... What do you mean, why doesn't God, Doesn't He step in and change things? This is not God's order on this earth. Politics, isn't it? God's order on this earth is faith and you, church, and being able to be in His kingdom. That's, his, that's what He wants. That's how we're going to get through it. Whatever happens, I, I don't know. And if, if, if I were to try to readjust things and say, well, Lord, okay, here's what you need to do. You need to make sure that the Republicans control the Senate and the House. Or you need to make sure over in England that the Labor Party is controlling everything. Or you need to make sure, and we just keep going on and on and trying to figure out how we're going to adjust everything, not knowing, not trusting in God that things will be the way He designs them and makes sure everything gets through and gets done. I have faith in Him. I don't have to know all these things. I have faith in God that everything will work out right for the believer. But the one that follows Him, the one who has faith, that He will make sure that all of His promises are kept because I believe in Him. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 16 says, Above all, after getting all the armor that a Christian ought to have in their battle against evil, He said, above everything else, everything else, everything else, take the shield of faith. Wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. When we lower our shield and expose our weak underbelly to the enemy, we expose ourselves to horrible, the horrible onslaught of evil. The shield of faith. Keep that shield up. Believe in Jesus Christ with all of your heart. Believe in God. That's what Paul told those at Athens. He said, He's not very far from any one of us. Chapter 17 of the book of Acts, and verse 27 I believe it is. He's not very far from any one of us. And He's certainly not far from the person who believes in His Son Jesus Christ. Keep that bridge open. Keep that keep that uh, relationship pure and good. Keep that tie close. Make sure that you're safe Sticking with Jesus and sticking with God by faith. God help you. Keep your faith. Don't let your faith sag and break.